Welcome back to the Rewind That Tape podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Stromboli. I'm Dr. Cash. And I'm Jay Probes. Today, we are going to be reviewing the National Basketball Association's 2022 playoffs. I, I guess we're in 2022, right? Um, 2021. Yep, that would be this year, 2022. Yep. 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 And what a, what a series we got going on in the West are upcoming but let's take it back to the Mavs and the Suns I mean yeah I mean if I'm just going first just throwing this out here because I know you guys both um you guys both are I feel like a little bit um towards the Mavs so I think I think overall it's a great series right um Luca I feel like finally makes his final step in stardom right I mean he knocks out the Suns makes it to the Western Conference Finals and then to be honest the Suns I feel like they just blew up I mean Aiton D-Book um Mikel Bridges I feel like those those three guys need to perform yeah exactly and they did not show up for the for the last two games, and I think you can see why they got blown out both times. Yeah, I, I feel like it was the especially game seven, but like game six and game five, or no, game six and game four, the role players didn't step up for the Suns, and the role players, I guess, we kind of saw how big of a role they or. How big of a gap like they they feel in like the Suns rotation like without them in game in game like four in game five like without the role players we wouldn't know where they'd be where the Suns would be and like in game seven they they got blown out by forty and I mean I yeah Paul and Booker played as bad as they could have but um mm-hmm. but yeah I think like people are not fo- putting a lot of attention on what the role players did because. They, they couldn't create their own shot. Like, they they didn't show as much effort as they did in the first few games. And when they weren't able to hit their shots and couldn't defend, I mean, that, that just leads to that, – that leads to a blowout, and that's that's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah and if, if you I, review – sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, if you, if you look at game seven, the energy just wasn't there for Phoenix. It, it was weird. It was not expected at all. Because the amount of open shots Dallas had in that first half. I mean, when you're down 30 at the half, let's be honest, I I don't think any of us really thought that there was a comeback brewing in any sort of way, especially with the the type of shots the Mavericks are getting up. I mean, you're wide open. I mean, shots are going to fall. You're in the National Basketball Association. So, I mean, it was just disappointing from Phoenix that they just couldn't really – do anything yeah for sure and i mean you're looking at the suns team i mean they're they were supposed to roll through at least the first two series right when you look at dallas and you look at um and you look at new orleans right that those when you mock them up they should be five to six games maximum you're not going to seven games to the point where it might look like you're gonna lose right and i think that has something to say about First of all, Chris Paul was not himself. That's, but I think that's something that now at this point seems like has to be taken as a given. Like you're only going to get a few good games out of Chris Paul's series. 
don't know about that. I like, mean, I, that, that, that's I what the series has shown us. Yeah, I I think partially did, but like in the first round, he was doing fine. I think it was just like these these last few games, like after after game three, where he he just didn't get any shots up. Like in the first quarter, it's all it's all Booker. Like that's their game plan in the first quarter, and then if Paul doesn't get any shots up in the second quarter, he's 0 for two, one for two, two points at half, and and that's what that's eventually what that what killed the Suns in this series, and that that's what will kill them going in the future because he's only getting older, like you said. But I still think like he can be a a, a, a prolific scorer, but not like obviously not what we used to see from him. But I, I I don't think that we should get used to seeing ten points a game from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. I think ten points a game is probably a stretch, right? Like he he should be producing a little bit more, but. I think at this point you have to look at him and expect um, someone who can facilitate the ball, um, not someone who can score. That should be DeAndre Ayton, Bridges, Booker at this point, right? And you're not getting Chris Paul. You're not relying on him to win you a series or win you even a game. That's the thing. <clears throat> so I, I think CP3 at this point, he's – I wouldn't say he's hit rock bottom, but he's hit that point. To where you could say this guy, I would say he's not a star anymore. I would say he is a player you want on your team for experience because he's the savvy vet, but not because he can go out and give you thirty. Um, which... I mean, I mean, I, when I, when I think of that type of player, I'm thinking like Rajon Rondo. I don't think he's hit that far yet. I I think he might have. I don't I mean, know, man. I mean, okay. Look, I agree with your initial with your initial point. I, I think this guy is not the player he used to be, and he is gonna be gonna be in that kind of not role player, but like the fourth, fifth star. Because because yeah, those other guys need to grow and develop. And if he's gonna be in Phoenix, he needs to pass the ball. So yeah, I would I would expect the ten points per game thing. The fact of the matter is, he didn't show up at all. Yeah, I mean, he was not even if you're gonna. Yeah, if you're not gonna shoot it, you might as well pass the ball around or create open looks. And and he was non-existent in game six and seven. It's the reason they lost the series. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, when they look at all the issues, and Aiton was an issue in six and seven. Booker played all right in six. Different story in seven. Yeah, and Chris Paul played not so great in either one of them. I think at the end of the day. You have to blame Chris Paul, the, the the veteran, which takes me into this next little bit. So most people have seen already Patrick Beverly disrespecting uh, or a quote unquote disrespecting Chris Paul on the first take show. Or uh, actually, I think it was get up. It was on an ESPN yeah, show. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> he's basically saying that Chris Paul, why, why does Chris Paul deserve a ring? And, and going on and on about how he doesn't need to wake up to guard Chris Paul. He, he doesn't have to sleep in or, or get any sleep, so on and so forth. Is Rondo wrong? That's my question to you guys. Well, I think Pat Bev, first of all. I mean, sorry, com- Pat he, Bev. Yeah, he compared guarding a 37-year-old CP3 to, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say prime Curry, but I would say end of his prime Curry. 
right? So that's an entirely two different beasts that we're comparing. Two guys at different points in their career. And I mean, the assumption he made or the statement he made was correct. I mean, that that's just common sense, right? But I, I don't think it's fair to say that to disrespect Chris Paul like that because he is the point god, the quote-unquote point god of this, I would say, NBA history, especially of this era. And I think that he hasn't gotten a ring. I think that comes down to bad luck, first of all. And also, I feel like being on a Clippers team that couldn't get over the hump and then also being on a Suns team that last year I feel like was their best shot. I feel like they're not going to have a better shot than last year. Yeah, um, no, I thought about that last agree. night too because I completely agree. I, 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 don't, I don't think Patrick Beverly is wrong. And I, I think just the way the way like people have perceived media, like it, it just got perceived in the wrong way. But Beverly said it without any hesitation, which is completely right. I mean, Doncic completely backed down Chris Paul last night. Not last night, just the entire series overall. Got whatever shot he wanted on Paul, and but that's to be expected, right? Look at the high difference. Look at the size no. Yeah, I, I get that, but like Paul, what, what Paul does, like in that Jeremy Lin's tweet that Beverly replied to and said, "Why does he deserve it more? Like, what more has Chris Paul Paul done?" I I get like the numbers might be better and this and that, but like there's really nothing that tells me that he really deserves it more. If he blow, he's blown five two zero leads. He blew a three zero. 3-1 lead to Houston in the playoffs. Blew a 2-0 lead in the finals last year. Blew mm-hmm. Just blew a 2-0 lead to four-seed Mavericks. Like, I, I don't... If his playoffs... I guess he's had good games in the playoffs, but if he hasn't been able to... If, if, he, has, if he hasn't been able to keep his team in a series when they're up two games, like, I don't think he deserves it at all. Well, like, I, deserve I, it, I, He deserves it, but, like, he doesn't deserve it any more than other players, I guess. Yeah, I think... I can see where Jeremy Lin's coming from, right? He's played so well over this his entire career, pretty much. But at the end of the day, you get uh you get a ring if you deserve it. If you deserve a ring, you you will get a ring because everyone that's won um, an NBA title, except for maybe those Lakers, has deserved it. And yeah, so- I think. If if you win it, you'll deserve it, and if you don't, then you didn't deserve it because you didn't win the games, and so you don't deserve it. And I mean, I would love to see Chris Paul win a championship because I think he's played amazing. He's given so much to the game, but when yeah. he wins the game, he will deserve it. That's when he will. He hasn't deserved it as of yet, and he won't until he wins one. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't get how how you can go from putting up like. What was it? He put up twenty total shots in the last three games of the series, or twenty three total shots. While in the first three games, he put up forty three. Like I don't mm-hmm. get how you go from that and being that efficient of a scorer to being non existent. Like I get one game he fouled out really early, but like the other two, like I I don't think the hamstring played that big of a deal. He was never on the injury report. and never got was brought up until they lost the game, which is complete like I, I there's not one part of me that believes that but I, I don't know how you can go from that that much of a factor in the game to being a max player not doing anything so I I want to I'm going to go look at what he did in the finals like the last four games that they lost because 
it's it's beyond me to find like how consistently he's blown these leads. Like, I don't think there's one player in this league that we can think of that's blown leads like this time and time again. Yeah, I think it's quite crazy. Uh, just looking at it, uh, he almost single handedly won games two and one. Took over late in both games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's disappointing if you're a Suns fan right now, but as a Mavs fan, you have to be absolutely thrilled with what happened from your guys, and you have a lot of momentum heading in. Yeah, to the yeah, Warriors, heading, in, heading into and, Warriors, which and it, is not yeah, and easy. People like Chris Paul. He's like, um, he's quietly a dirty player. Like, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Like, he he's a good guy. Like off the court, he's really good guy. But like. On the court, do what, you know, do what it takes to win, right? I mean, wait, 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 wait. Let, let's wrap up with this because I see where you're going with this. Uh, with with the with the cheap calls that he gets all the time, right? Yeah, and I also just want to point out like that smirk they made when asking how to guard Luca came back to bite him. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the clip of Luca saying you're acting tough when you're up, it, it, it's quite iconic at this point. But yeah. let's let's talk about this real quick before we wrap up this series, head into a different one. Devin Booker wants to be the next Kobe, right? Seeing him move around the court and make a lot of the same moves that Chris Paul, I mean, you would, it would appear that Chris Paul taught him. In my head, I can't say that's the next Kobe because Kobe would never do the same moves that Devin Booker does, I feel like. That, that we see that Chris Paul emulates, but maybe that's just me. So that's my question to you guys. I mean, can, can does that affect kind of the Kobe legacy if you're doing some of those moves? Because I feel like Devin Booker kind of – he's learning, right? I mean, he's going to be a good player. Mm-hmm. I think uh, – how is this, this – I, I, I don't think anyone can beat Kobe. I don't think anyone can replicate another player entirely, right? And I think there are parts of his game that you look at and you see Kobe, right? I mean, he's obviously taking a big inspiration from Kobe. When you're you're around CP3 every single day, you're going to pick up some stuff. And I think Devin Booker, you could say, is a mash between both of those great players. And I I see people call him the, the next Kobe, right? But I, I don't think... I don't think that's fair to anyone because there can never be another Kobe, right? Devin Booker can try, but he's never going to be another Kobe, right? He's just going to be the next. He's going to be Devin Booker, and there's nothing we can really make about that. He might want to continue Kobe's legacy, but he's never going to be Kobe, right? And I think that's something that we have to look at and be like, he's taking from Kobe, but then he's also taking from Chris Ball and every other player that he watches and learns from. So I, I think that whole comparison to Kobe is unrealistic and any comparison really, I feel like to any other player. Yeah. And I feel like, like their play style is the same fadeaway, mid range, whatever, but Devin Booker, like for the longest time until last season, like he couldn't get more than 20 wins. I get that roster is mediocre, but like mm-hmm. he's, he's good and all, but Kobe was able to have success with the Lakers. I get Kobe might have a better teammates, but the Suns were nowhere near playoff. They were bottom of the Western Conference every year. Lottery pick guaranteed. No one, like, there's no Suns fans either. And now they get Chris Paul. 
Devin Booker gets more national spotlight, and and then we start comparing him to Kobe. I don't, I don't think Booker and Kobe should ever belong in the same conversation, especially ever after, um, like this past year, like Booker likes to talk trash. He's really vocal. Kobe backs up his trash talk, or he did, and um, I feel like some of the things off the court, aside from their play style, like they don't, it doesn't match yeah. up at all. So I, I don't think, yeah, I think plus play style they're similar, but. Other than that, there's no reason to compare. He's almost too young to kind of exactly that out. like like he's too young. He's making a lot of a lot of young mistakes, which which is fine. But but I feel like that almost resents him or or separates him from Kobe. But I think my main my main uh disappointment almost was was him taking those those what, what a lot of players would call cheap fouls. I mean that I mean Chris Paul is teaching him that. And there's nothing wrong with that, cause, cause obviously you you want to learn from the. But I mean, that's what the NBA has evolved into, right? Yeah, but they're trying to shut. I, I they're trying to shut that down, and, and a lot of some of the refs stopped calling it. And Chris Paul fouled out because of his type of play that he likes to play with. So I think it's quite funny that we're seeing somewhat of an evolution, yet, you know, not really. So, yeah, I don't know. Something to keep in mind. Because it is a guy that I mean, he was in a commercial where he was looking at a Kobe mural the other day. Let's let's move mm-hmm. on to Bucks and Celtics. The other def- the defending champions go down to Boston and Grant. Is it Grant Williams? Is that his Grant Williams? Name? Yep. Grant Williams takes over, dominates, and. Uh, He's, he was definitely the storyline. I mean, what do you guys think about this Celtics squad just from a pure analytical standpoint? Not not Grant Williams. We'll talk about that later. Just the Celtics team because they got a tough matchup here against the Heat coming up. I mean, first of all, when you look at their place, I think, sure, Giannis, Giannis would have been great, I feel like, against the Heat. Um, he's... Right, I mean, Giannis would be good against anyone. So that comparison can't really be made. But when you look at the Heat, I see ideal matchups. I see Jason Tatum, um, Jalen Brown, with the ability to play against guys like Jimmy Butler, Tyler Harrowhead, kind of lock them down. And I see the ability of um, Marcus Spart making it hard for, for Harrow, Robinson, if, if Robinson even plays anymore, and Kyle Lowry to to operate that offense. And then the biggest thing, Bam Adebayo, I see, I mean, Grant Williams played great defense, Al Horford, Robert Williams. Um, and I, I think they have, I mean, that's just a good defense. They have defenders on all three levels of the defense. And I think that is going to be problems for Miami. And I think it's been problems for everyone that they faced throughout the postseason. Yeah, I think that, Miami, like, they're going to have to figure out a way to incorporate Robinson into this game because we saw how good the Celtics were able to limit the Heat and Nets best player, Durant, and or not Heat, Bucks and Nets best player. Like, over the course of the series, yeah, Giannis was unstoppable, but there were points where he had to, like, fight really hard to get just to get a bucket. And I feel like if they make it hard on Butler, like, there's going to have to be some offense. Kyle Lowry, he hasn't played. I don't know if he'll play. But when he has played so far in the postseason, it's been probably like the worst postseason of his career. So I think 
to find offense, you're gonna have to incorporate it through um through Robinson and Hero because I don't you can't rely on PJ Tucker. Bam, yeah, you could rely on him, but how well is the Robert Williams gonna be on Bam? So I think it's um I think that Eric Spolstra is gonna have to make some lineup adjustments if they wanna win this series. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it's not really a question though. It's not, it's not an if at this point, I feel like, for Miami. This is both these teams almost. I feel like the Celtics will be forgiven. I don't know, man. There's there's a lot of pieces right now on the Heat, and it feels like a powder keg, the amount of people you're going to have to pay eventually, right? Well, the amount of talent on roster. I mean, people have been hurt all year, so, I mean, I mean, I think Oladipo definitely deserves – like if he can stay healthy, he'll be back into that conversation. Lowry's solid. Butler obviously mm-hmm. had a bio. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces there. I feel like. Yeah, I I think Miami has the talent, one hundred percent. Both teams have the talent. I feel like and the role players to make it happen. And I just want to go back on what you said about Depot because I think he's. He's the ultimate piece, chess piece, right? Because if you have Depot, then, and if he's playing at a two-way scoring guard who can knock down the three, attack the lane, distribute, I mean, and then you pay him alongside Harrow or Harrow who can shoot, and then Kyle Lowry who can facilitate the offense. I mean, that that is scary. I, I don't see how any team could stop that, especially when they're clicking like that. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like he's not as much of a factor as he should be. Yeah, I, but, I feel like, um, I mean, sorry to cut you off, but like coming off the bench, like he's he's not playing meaningless minutes, but like in that Hawk series, he showed up, but then Spolstra didn't really give him that opportunity yeah. against the Sixers. And, and when he did, he was poor at shooting. Like he was pretty poor at shooting, but yeah, defense will be almost, key. It's almost like he's in the doghouse right now with 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 Coach Spolstra, which is yeah. I mean, well, we know he's not gonna he's not gonna be in Miami next year, so it's kind of like a prove it. Yeah, but like, how much of a I don't know if he's gonna have as much of an effect as uh, Tyler Hero, for example, because that guy basically comes off the bench and then stays in late game, which which I think is so yeah. interesting. Still, why is he still on the bench? Why don't you just let him get off to a start? That, I think I mean, I mean it's like more for him to get like better opportunity while Butler's off the court cuz i think it's yeah, a similar to run situation the offense through him. yeah similar situation with Brunson and Luka like i think yeah, cuz we saw Brunson, that effect i mean when i'm looking at the Mavericks right now Brunson has really found his stride now in game 6 and 7 alongside Luka i mean he's play, he's played well without Luka don't get me wrong but like the biggest thing question for Dallas was could he play with him and Dinwiddie and Brunson both played well, especially in that game seven, alongside Luka spreading the court out. So, I mean, I think Boston's a fantastic team right now. They've exceeded my expectations because, quite honestly, I did not see them going this deep when I first looked at it. But if the Heat can spread the floor with the amount of talent and, and shooters that they have alongside Butler and Adebayo, I mean, the series could be over real fast. Yeah, I mean, 
when you look at it, they can do that, but then so can Boston, right? If you look at it, if you get someone like Derek White, who who did not have a good game last last um, last night against Milwaukee. I mean, if you have Derek White knocking down shots, those those big guys like Grant Williams, if he continues his hot streak, right? And then you have if you have JT Brown, yeah, I mean, Marcus Al Horford Smart. might be the the story of the of the playoffs if the, yeah if he can keep it going at that rate. I mean, I feel like both teams can beat you in many different ways. It's just about how many ways can you stop, and who's going to go for the biggest amount of points on the game that matters. Yeah, I mean, both both yeah. these are both like top ten defensive teams. Yeah. So I mean, like I don't. Will y'all think like it will be like multiple games under a hundred scoring all like that, or will it? Because I because we've seen throughout this playoffs that like there's been matchups with good defenses, but it's the offense that essentially wins the game. Like it's high scoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would take the over in both these series, both these conference really? finals. It, it's, I feel like it's going to be up there, but especially the Dallas series. Dallas is great yeah. on defense, which mm-hmm. takes us into these predictions. So I'm just going to start off with mine. Dallas is good defensively. The Warriors are good offensively, extremely good offensively. So I think that will be the side of the court that you're going to want to look at. And I, I th- I'll take the over on that side. And I'm gonna take the over in the other one too, because I just don't know what what I'm gonna see. I feel confident, more confident taking the over than the under, because I don't know if I feel like one of those guys on both teams are gonna pop off. I mean, you only need one, and you exactly. have so many options on both teams. Yeah, and I I guess now we can start talking about predictions, right? So, I mean, I think we start off with Western Conference. Um, so that's Golden State, Dallas. Um, so I, I'll just start it off, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Golden State in six. Um, I think Jordan Poole has his revenge games, game one and two. They lock it up. And then they go back to Dallas. Dallas wins games. Dallas wins game three. Golden State comes back. I think Seth Curry, Clay Thompson. I think they just have a great shooting night, game four. Game five, Dallas comes, holds on, survives. Luca has a great performance, but then game six, Golden State closes out in Dallas. Uh I don't know. I feel like the Mavs just caught they got so much momentum. But like I think if they could take game one, they, they have a really good chance of taking the series, but they haven't been able to get game one so far in these playoffs. And I mean they they will be tired, but two full days of rest, I'm gonna go. I'm going to go Mavs in six. Really? Mavs in six. They take game one, and they take both games at home. Yeah. Um, I was debating it, uh, to be honest, just trying to figure out the Clay Thompson game six hype that I keep hearing about. But, I mean, he's had bad games in game six, too. So Yeah, but he's had great games in game six, too. But yeah, I think it's just it's, he's way too overhyped. Like, they're comparing that with, like, a lot of weight, like LeBron. They said like he's they, one of that's like one of the best players of all time. He's Clay Thompson in game yeah, six. Game six, Thompson. It's twenty points here and there, twenty five. Like it's big, but it's not legendary. 
And the issue with that is you can put up a 26-point performance and, and still lose to the Mavs if they're shooting hot. That, that's that's the unfortunate truth. I, I think Poole is the X factor. I completely agree with Probs. And I think Warriors win game one and then drop game two. Uh, I think Mavs will take 2-1, and so I, I think I'm going to have them in six. Because I, really? I just can't. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll change. But I don't I, know I think if they. If, I, I don't I know if they if win the, both at home. I think if the the Warriors get it to Game Seven, so they win either five or six. Because I really think it's going to be two two. But I think if they win five or six, then they win back in Golden State. I don't think the Mavericks win a Game Seven, but Game I'd, Six, I think they take it at home. They play so much better at home than they do on the road. I would agree with you, like that Warriors are automatic to taking Game Seven, but like. Like this new Golden State, like this isn't Oracle Arena. Like Chase yeah, Center, I, like I it I'm hasn't not, been I'm that not great. Saying it's because of the environment. I, I'm just saying the Mavericks play so much better. But yeah, to your point, I mean, I don't know. You might agree with this, probs. I think Phoenix and Utah are way more hostile situations than this new yeah. Chase Arena. Cause, cause For it's sure, just but then drop off. Yeah, I, I think the the environments are more hostile, right? But then teams i mean golden state is like a juggernaut at this point i mean i feel like we're underselling steph curry at this point like this is the greatest shooter to ever play in our game it's not like he's lost a step or anything i mean sure I, it's gonna be offense versus offense that that's my argument and mm-hmm. and it was like that in phoenix and and they got the job done yeah and against I, a lot I, of odds i, I think, think we are shooting yeah, and I think one of the biggest things is that Memphis kind of exposed some of those Golden State weaknesses, and yeah. they 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 showed, hey, this team can be beaten, and they can be beaten like hard, right? And yeah, I, I mean, think with John Morant, I I, I, I wonder yeah. if it's a different series, especially after that Game Five where they beat him without him, man. Yeah, exactly, they, they and they whooped him without him. Yeah, like I. Yeah, I think, I think for sure. I think Memphis, that Memphis game kind of, Memphis series kind of lays a blueprint of to Jason Kidd and Mavs. Like, this is what you can do to stop yeah. Golden State. Here's a, here's another storyline before we move on. Clay and uh, Steph talking, Wolf the Trick, whatever that was about. And then they got blown out in game five. I wonder uh-huh. if they talk in this series because Luka, he seems to not hold it well. Based yeah. off what we saw in Phoenix. All right, let's move on. We got the Celtics and the Heat. I mean, I, I don't really I, – I look at the series and I feel like it's almost a coin toss. But if I had to pick a side, I'm going Heat and six. Really? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. It's a coin toss. But um, I would say, like, if I had to rely on one team or one of those two to, like, consistently – produce on offense i'm gonna go miami because of what they've done in this playoffs other than that um game four in philly i think i've seen enough from them offensively to get going than jason tatum when he's shooting six for 20 so i'm gonna go i'll go heat in seven heat to the finals yeah Uh, i mean it seems like i'm kind of the outlier in here um because i'm going i'm going boston in seven um yeah i i think I want Boston to win. I, I, I really do. But I feel like there's too much talent on the other side. Talent wins late. But that, that's mm-hmm. my, my reasoning. 
Yeah, I mean, you you could say talent wins late, but that I don't know. I feel like when you it's look at that Memphis team, or sorry, Miami team, they have a lot of talent, but I, I don't know. I feel like they haven't been able to utilize it because we're talking about Kyle Lowry. I think the only guys that they are able to fully utilize their entire potential is Tyler Harrow and Jimmy Butler. I mean, Bam Adebayo is a star, right? But I I don't think I've I've I don't think he's taking over games like a star, like like I've seen Joel Embiid do, right? I, I think I've only seen that from Jimmy Butler and Tyler Harrow. And Boston, I feel like, can shut those guys down. And, yeah, I feel like there is the possibility that Miami can, can blow a series out in four games, five games. But then there's also the possibility Boston can figure Miami out and take this game to seven because they know how to stop them, and they, yeah. Can Boston uh, win that, in five? Can, can, it, Miami can win in five, right? Can Boston win in five? Is it possible? Can Boston win in five? Uh, yeah, I think it's possible. That's, yeah, that's possible. I mean, I, I think you have two big we're looking games. at one side of the court on both sides, to be honest. We're, yeah. We're looking, we know Luka and the Mavs will score. We're looking on the other side. What, what can Curry and Poole and Thompson do against the elite or, or the higher-tiered Mavs defense? Um, and then on the other side, I think what I'm understanding from you is that mm-hmm. you think it's going to be on, on the Boston defense versus the Miami offense? Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's what can JT Jalen Brown create, and how can Boston control Miami? I'm not saying stop Miami, control Miami. I think they can do that really well because I mean that's what I've seen. Who, who, who really thought that you could control Giannis? Right after last year's playoffs, after what we saw in the playoffs. I mean, they were dominant. Who thought Giannis yeah, Antetokounmpo could be stopped, right? Who, who could be stopped in a Game 7 pivotal when he knows his entire team's future in the playoffs is on the line? And I, I think that is something Boston has been able to figure out really well because they have the different chess pieces that they can maneuver. And I think that is why they're going to win. I, I, yeah. Should be interesting. I think that series is very enticing with because it, it could go one way or the other real quick. I think the other one we're exactly on the West. We're in gonna we're gonna be in for a long long ride, but we'll see. We'll see. It is the NBA. It's unpredictable. If anything, yep. We we've, we've seen that with with a four seed and a three seed on the West, and the Celtics are two right. Two seed, yeah. Two, yeah. But I mean, two. very unpredictable. Yeah, one and two, two on seed. the other side. So we'll see. We'll see if we get some chalk on the East. All right. We'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to check out our website at rewindthattape.com and our social medias on Instagram, Twitter, Bleacher Report, wherever you find us. Hit us up with a follow. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.